Thank you so much for tuning in to Straight Talk with Dr. Sharmi Pratt. I am your host, Dr. Sharmi Pratt, and today I have in the studio with me Ms. Shondale LaVar. Listen, you guys, you are really in for a treat. Today we're going to be talking about the dynamics of what does it mean to walk by faith. Come on now, what is faith? And so we're going to take a time, take our time today and kind of walk through this and discuss this particular topic on faith. And so, Shandell, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, my sister. I am excited to be here this morning. Well, 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 listen, everyone, uh, we are going to go ahead and jump into this topic. What does it mean to walk by faith? But before we get started with that, I want to first have our audience and even those that may not know what is faith you know many of us have this concept of faith and you know we know people out there they believe in all sorts of things but what is faith and so I want to take a moment and ask Miss Shondell what is faith well I would have to start off by giving the biblical definition of faith and the Bible says that faith is the hoped for the evidence of things not seen so faith I think what we have to understand it's tangible the Bible says it's the substance Mm -hmm. so it's tangible it's not just hope in the sky it's it's something real and faith to me is standing on God's word and God's promises no matter what Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what the situation looks like, doesn't matter how long it's been, doesn't matter how we feel, doesn't matter if we have the resources, it doesn't matter if we've got the support, it doesn't matter. It is beyond the shadow of a doubt, knowing that if God said it, that it will come to pass, regardless. And as they say today, period. I love it. I love it. I love the period. And so, as she said, you know, now listen, everyone, we are believers in Christ Jesus. And so, therefore, you are going to get the dynamics of what faith is based on our belief in Christianity. Because that's all we have to go on, right? And so, we're not knocking anybody out here that does not believe like us. But one of the things that we have to tell you is that we stand firm on the way that we believe. And because we do stand firm on that, we understand, as Shondell said, that no matter what happens, no matter what things look like, that we have to stand firm on faith. But many people, even in the body of Christ, have not truly understood the dynamics on how to walk by faith and not by sight. So many people believe, Shondell, that if they don't see it, even in in the body of Christ, I'm talking about believers, if they don't see it, then how can they really go towards something they don't see? And even when you're talking about the dynamics of waiting and, you know, whether you see it or not, whether it looks like it's going to happen 
happen or not. We wait and we wait and we say that we're waiting in faith, but a lot of times we're not truly waiting in faith. We're waiting in fear. Mm-hmm. And so how do you uh, overcome the fear in order to be able to walk in the faith that you say that you're standing in? Well, I think the key is in what you said when you said that oftentimes we don't <coughs> see it because the Bible says faith come by hearing. Mm. And so therefore not seeing it does not mean that it is not going to come to pass. Because again, even the scripture said it's the evidence of things not seen. So I think the first step for us is putting confidence in the fact that though I don't see it, that must mean I'm on track because of the fact that I don't have to see it. Faith comes by hearing. And so what I would say to those who are trying to figure out, well, how though do I continue to have faith when I don't see it? What you listen to, who you're around, who is speaking into you, that is going to affect your ability to continue to stand and and um, stand firm mm-hmm. in knowing what God has said to do. So I would check what are you hearing? Even what are you hearing your own self say? Mm-hmm. Are you hearing yourself speak doubt? Are you hearing yourself speak fear? Are you hearing yourself speak anxiousness? And those that are around you, are you hearing them encourage you? Are you hearing them be a cheerleader for you? If you're not hearing that, then change your environment and change your own speech because you have to make sure that what you're hearing is always in line with what you are believing for. And if you allow yourself to be inundated with hearing other things, then you yourself are going to stray away from believing that it's going to come to pass. And then you are going to walk in doubt and you are going to walk in fear. So that would be my, I guess, answer to that question is start to make sure that you are constantly hearing, even out of your own mouth, that you believe what it is that you're standing for. That's good. Now, now listen. Now she opened it up, so I'm going to ask. So listen here. So now that we have that particular definition and understanding, have you ever found times in your life where you yourself was standing on a word or you're standing on something by faith and it either took a long time for that uh, promise to come to pass or even the fact that some fear may have come in or something to that sort. Come on, talk to us about that. Girl, how much time do we have? (laughs) You try to make this a part 10 series or something. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I will... I'll I'll share probably in two different areas of things that I was believing for. So one is in the area of having children. So I got married late in life. I was 38, probably closer to 39 when I got married. And so, you know, the enemy can get in your head and tell you since you're getting married older that, um, You know, having children may be complicated or may not come to pass. And so when I got pregnant the first time, I think I was 40, maybe 41 when I got pregnant the first time, but we miscarried. Mm -hmm. And so 
that again can reinforce that thought already of Ooh, age may be a factor in what I'm believing for right now. But because I knew that God had promised, you know, this to me, I just did in faith. And here's the thing that he told me. So long story short, I ended up having a son and twin girls. Mm -hmm. I had my son when I was almost 42 and my girls I had when I was 44. But what the Lord said to me before I had the children. So this is the thing. And this is kind of goes back to being willing to speak it out of your mouth, even when you yourself might still have a little bit of fear in you. Before I had the children, I was invited to speak at a dreamers conference. Mm. And so I was supposed to give a word of inspiration. And I was like, Lord, what do you want me to share? And so he said, I want you to talk about your miscarriage. I'm like, well, that's not inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I want you to talk about it. And I was like, oh, what do you want me to say? And so he told me he wanted me to say, didn't happen doesn't mean not going to happen. Mm. And he took me to just different instances in the Bible where there was a strong opportunity for those that were waiting for the promise to give up. And so one of the things he took me to was the children of Israel when they were told to walk around the city walls of Jericho. And so every day for six days, they were supposed to walk around the entire city walls and then on the seventh day, they were supposed to walk around six times. And then the wall was going was going to fall on down and on the seventh time show. And so here's the thing. So in, they walked around the walls a total of 13 times. Mm -hmm. Total of 13 times. So you have to ask yourself the question. When they were on lap number six or lap number seven, mm -hmm. you know, you have to ask yourself, what was going through their mind? Mm -hmm. They might have been like, ain't nothing happened yet. These walls are supposed to fall down. They're on lap number 11. Now, remember, guys, they are walking around an entire city. This isn't just you going in your local grocery store and taking right. a couple laps. You're going around an entire city, and you haven't seen anything yet. But God did it, just like he said. And there's another story in the Bible. I don't know if, if everyone listening is familiar with it, but pretty much there was a a gentleman who had leprosy and he wanted to get healing and he had heard that there was a prophet in the land. And so the long story uh, short with that is the prophet told him, go dip in the Jordan River seven times and your skin is going to be clean. And so the gentleman's name was Naaman. And first he got upset because he's thinking, dip in this dirty Jordan River, because Jordan was known to be, you know, kind of dirty. You know, mm -hmm. what is this? But even still, he went and I imagined him dipping. And each time that he came up, looking at his skin and realizing nothing has changed. But then he had to dip again the third time, dip again the fourth time. So for me, when the Lord told me didn't happen doesn't mean not going to happen. That was one of the times where I really was able to stand in faith. And now I do indeed see the promises. That's good. That That's good. That's that's a very good example. Um, as you were talking, you know, when we started off and we began to talk about those concepts of what faith is, one of the things that I had never noticed until, I don't know, just here recently, that when you're talking about what Hebrews uh, 11 and 1 talks about, 
and it talks about the fact that it's the evidence. Mm -hmm. And when you think about evidence, evidence is proof, right? Oh, my goodness. And so when you think about the fact that that it is evidence, meaning that it's proof, but it's proof that God has done things supernaturally before. It's proof that God is able to do anything but fail. We have proof, undeniable proof, when we go outside and look up at the sky or we look at the things around us that nobody knows how in the world it really got here. We have proof proof that somebody greater than what we see is able to perform something great. And so when I think about the fact that you're talking about the concept of, although I miscarried before, I still had proof that God will give birth. And so you had proof, and so you stood on the fact that, no, I know that this didn't happen, but I still understand that it will happen because Mm -hmm. he gave me a promise because you said and let's talk about it because you said that he promised you you said he had already gave you the word mm-hmm. and so can we talk a little bit about that what when he gave that he gave you the word that you were going to conceive mm-hmm. and so let's talk a little bit about that Shandea because so many people believe that God has given them a word for a p- particular thing mm-hmm. but nevertheless they haven't seen the manifestation of that yes. and so they're waiting and they're standing believing in faith and so Sometimes I go back to the word of God, how the scripture says that hope deferred can really make the heart sick. And so many people don't understand that when you stand in deferred hope, that you don't necessarily begin to see the promises because your hope has shifted to doubting. So I'm going to let you pick that up right there because I'm about to explode over here. Well, listen, I'm going to have to pull on something that my husband Said. And so um, he's writing a book right now, and I, I think he'll be okay with me just sharing this little nugget. Uh, he's writing this book, and it's called Don't Let Time Fool You. And what he said is that the Lord told him that don't let time fool you into thinking that that which I spoke to you will not come to pass just because there's been so much time in between when I spoke it and where you are now. And so he said that the Lord told him, time does not have the authority to diminish anything or any word that I have spoken. If I've said it, it will come to pass because time serves God. And he said that the Time's only purpose is to prepare you. And so that's just a little nugget out of his uh, his book that he's writing. But it blessed me so much because we do look at how much time has passed. And then we begin to um, make a decision of whether or not we're going to continue to believe. But one thing that the Lord told me was that if we know that God has said something, then we need to believe there's a set time for it. So each day that goes by, each week that goes by, and in many cases sometimes each year that goes by where it hasn't come to pass, instead of us looking at it from a point of maybe perhaps frustration or um, disappointment where we say, oh, man, uh, another year has gone by. Oh, man, it's it's, it's been another two years and it still hasn't happened. 
God told me to look at it from a place of hope and to say, well, I guess that means I'm one day closer. Mm. Because if we know he has a set time and his timetable is not moving, then each day, week, and even year that goes by means that we are yet closer to when it's going to be manifested. Wow. 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 I love that. I even love the fact that the book. Now you Come just on. listen here. <laughs> now you just said a mouthful, even with the nugget that he gave that's in the book. That's very powerful. That that time doesn't have the authority mm -mm. to diminish the promise. Now somebody not. need to catch that. Come on. Because you just literally said Oh, my God, that time does not have the authority to diminish, right, it the promise not. that God has spoken. But, Shandell, what would you say to those individuals who are standing in that place and they hear what you're saying, mm -hmm. but not yet they have not seen exactly the promise come to pass? And so how do you shift those individuals from standing in a place of fear to moving them back into a place of faith? The way I think you shift is reminding yourself of times when you have seen it happen for other people. And so I remember when I was on a journey reading through um, the Bible cover to cover, one of the things that I always noticed was how often the word would say, tell your children and tell your children's children about what God has done or where the scriptures would say that God said, you know, put some stones here so that it'll be a memorial so that you'll always remember what I've done. And so I say that to say that it's important to remember what God has done so that when you're in a season where you don't see what you're waiting for him to do, you will always fall back knowing that he always does what he says. And so what I mean by that is remember the stories of Noah. I mean, Noah was building for, what, 120 years before the flood came. And so imagine what people were saying about him, you know, year after year, generation after generation, and he's still building, and there's been no rain. There's been no flood. But did it happen? Yes, it did. And even for those who may not be um, reliant on biblical scripture, they have found proof of Noah's Ark, even, you know, in the in the archaeology and all of, all of that. I'm probably not using the right phrases, but they found proof of Noah's Ark sitting up somewhere where it shouldn't be, but it only could have been there if the water levels were that high. So, uh, so think of Noah. Think of Abraham. Abraham was promised a son, but after the promise was given to him, God went silent for some years. <laughs> and so, so much so to the fact that Abraham was like, well, I'm going to have to help God out. And so, you know, he laid with one of his uh, maidservants and, you know, had a son trying to help God out because there had been so much time between when God spoke it and when it actually came to pass. So I would say to remind yourself of biblical scriptures and stories as well as people in your family or in your friend circle or on your job where you have seen that is undeniable that God came through for them. And remind yourself of those things. And so when doubt tries to fly up, you're like, oh, no, no, no. I've seen him do it before. And so I know he has no respecters of persons. If he did it for them, he's going to do it for me. That's good. That's good right there. And the one thing that I want to say um, is the concept, Shondell, of people standing 
and doubt because we understand and know that when you stand in doubt, you can't stand in faith. Mm -hmm. When you stand in fear, you can't stand in faith. I often heard, you know, uh, it being said that people say, well, do it afraid. Mm -hmm. But I would say, how, how about doing it in faith? Yeah. Because, see, I can move when I'm afraid, right? But if I move when I'm in faith, it's going to produce much more. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds good that we have cloned that. Well, just do it afraid. Do it yeah. afraid. But let's let's clone do it in faith do it yeah, in faith do it in faith do it in faith because faith is proof like the scripture literally tells you that it's evidence and if you just look up evidence evidence and pr it's proof that something has been done yeah. right i often think about it as going into a court of law and when the prosecutor is coming they're coming with what they say is proof yeah. that you did the crime and so they have everything they believe right to get a guilty verdict oh yeah. my god and so because they have what they need to get this guilty verdict they say what we have the evidence that the this evidence. individual did x y and z and so that's what god is basically telling us oh come on i yes, have yes. evidence that god will do it as you said god promised me yes. he spoke a word to me that i was going to conceive and although it didn't happen that first time mm -hmm. right i didn't let go of the promise or the word of god yes. and so Go ahead, woman of God. Let me tell you, because I know oftentimes, you know, you listen to people and they're talking about faith and you really just want to hear, well, tell me a real situation that you went through. So I'm going to be very transparent and I'm going to share with you guys just a recent um, season of faith that my husband and I, you know, have, have walked through. And it was, we just recently moved to Frisco, Texas. We're from the East Coast, um, from the Washington, D.C. area. And prior to us moving last year, we've only been here a year, we were going through a tight season. And, you know, so I want to be transparent because I know sometimes, you know, people want to be able to relate. And I know I shared about the miscarriage, but I know everybody's not a female. And so maybe maybe you weren't able to relate to that. But I, I think we can all relate to being in a season where things have been tight. And when I say tight... Um, I was going into the grocery store with coins and praising God that chicken thighs were on sale for 79 cents a pound and I could get a pack of chicken thighs for $3 and something cents and going and putting the coins in the machine. And, um, and it was just, and we voluntarily surrendered our car. We got to a point where we said, listen, we're going to have to give this car up. It's just, it's too much of a burden on us. And, um, and this is, this is coming from a place where we're trusting God. We're doing what we feel that God has called us to do. And we've got three kids. Mm -hmm. And so um, the Lord kept speaking to us that he was going to be shifting us. And we're like, well, Lord, where's the shift? Because in this season, we were living in um, my husband's parents' house. So I'm being real transparent, you mm -hmm. guys. Um, we're living in um, my in-law's house uh, in the basement and with three kids. And we're like, Lord, where, where, where is the increase coming? Where is the shift coming? When is it coming? You know, because it had been some time that it was the struggle. And so I tell you what, you guys, listen, God will do things 
suddenly, and I know you used that word suddenly earlier, but the Lord told us that we were going to be shifting. Mm -hmm. And we were on a 40-day fast. And at the end of the 40-day fast, the Lord spoke to me and he spoke to my husband at the exact same time without us talking to each other. And he told us, I'm sending you to Dallas. I was getting ready to tell my husband what I was hearing. And before I could tell him, he comes to me and says, babe, I just heard something. I'm like, well, what what you hear? Because I got something to tell you. He's like, I just heard the Lord say, I'm still going to send you to New York. Because the Lord had been talking to us about an assignment in New York for some time. He's like, I heard him say, I'm still going to send you to New York, but I'm sending you to Dallas first. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's what I heard. I heard that, too. You know, <laughs> And so um, so then we were just trying to figure out, well, where in Dallas? Because that's a big area. While we were on the fast, my husband had a dream. And in his dream, he was running to a place of safety at the end of the dream. And he kept saying, I got to get to Frisco. Now, we had never heard of Frisco, didn't know anything about Frisco. So we thought at that time... He was running to a steak restaurant because we had heard of Del Frisco. So we're like, oh, you probably were meeting up with somebody. <laughs> so uh, so we didn't think anything about it until fast forward at the end of this fast. And God says, I'm sending you to Frisco. And he was like, wait a minute, I had that dream. And he said, is there a Frisco or anything like that in, in Texas? So we Googled it and it said Northern Dallas. So we're like, well, that's where I guess we're supposed to go. Now, here's the faith park, you guys. I just told you I was putting coins in at the grocery store, you know, to get things for dinner. And so we're like, well, how in the world are we going to move a whole family of five? We didn't know how we were going to do that. We're like, Lord, we don't have the funds to do that. And the Lord told my husband while we were on the fast, he said, I want to bless you. You need to get your taxes done. So transparent moment. We had some back years that we needed to do at that time. Um, and, uh, and so we got our taxes done only to find out that after paying all of our taxes and the interest and penalties and fees and all that stuff, that the that we had a $36,000 uh, refund coming to us. And, and I say this because sometimes we can despise the seasons that we're in and we don't believe in faith that God has us in that season for a reason. But it was because of our tight season that we qualified for almost every tax credit imaginable. We had three kids under the age of 17 and, and everything. And so being able to qualify for all those tax credits, we actually got that refund. And the Lord was just like, I'm, I'm sending this to you to jumpstart your move. So we were able to use those funds to jumpstart our move to go to Frisco uh, and then the day that we landed, you guys, you know, I was transparent and said we voluntarily surrendered our car when we lived on the East Coast. The day we landed, we have a friend of ours who said to us, actually, it was my son's godfather, and he welcomed us to Texas. He's like, you guys need a vehicle to get around, don't you? We were like, yeah, well, we've been talking to a friend who said they have a friend who can help. And he's like, well my truck has just been here, you know, since my daughters went off to college and everything. It's just been sitting here. And the day we landed, he gave us keys to his truck. Mm, mm, mm. And so I'm saying this to say that God will do it if you just have faith. And even us getting a place to stay, when we bought our tickets to come to Frisco, we bought tickets about three days after he told us, I'm sending you to Dallas because we wanted to 
show him that we had faith that he yeah, would do it. Yeah. And we didn't have the funds. A friend of ours actually put it on her credit card. Wow. And we just reimbursed her for it later. But we wanted to tell the Lord, God, we heard you. And to show you that we believe you, we're going to mm. take a step. And sometimes all it is with faith is being willing to take a step, even when you don't understand, mm -hmm. even when it makes you look silly. Because imagine us having to tell family, hey, we moving to Dallas, we moving to Frisco, when they knew the situation that we were right. in, and they're like, right. why, why are you going to do that? And so the last um, part of this testimony that I'll just share was about us getting a place. Because we're like, okay, we, we booked tickets, so now, now we need a place. And when we reached out to the property that we were applying for, I was very transparent with them. And I told them, I said, your application says that we need to submit a few months of verifiable income. And I said, we don't have any verifiable income over the last few months because the shutdown had already taken place. My husband is a gospel recording artist, so all of his contracts and all his dates got canceled. So we were like, over the last few months, I, I don't have any verifiable income that I can show you. Mm -hmm. But I tell you what, the Lord had the property manager answer the time that I called. Wow. And even though on paper we were systematically denied, she said, well, just hold on a second. And so we didn't hear from her for a couple days. But when we did hear from her, she said, well, congratulations. Because she advocated for us all the way up to the regional manager level. Wow. Now, we don't know this woman. We had never met this woman. But there was something, and we know what that is. That, that was the Holy Spirit. Whether she realizes it or not, there was something that caused her to say, you know what, I want to advocate for these people mm -hmm. that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's what your faith will do. Your faith will be so beautiful in the sight of God that the Holy Spirit will get to work. Because the Holy Spirit will be like, God, Jesus, y'all see them? Look at them. They standing in faith. You know what? Come on. Let's get to work. They, mm -hmm. they ready to get it. Let's mm -hmm. get to work. Mm -hmm. and, and the Holy Spirit will prompt people to do things where they don't even know why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And they'll do things on your behalf. So if you're in that place and you are trying to figure out how do I come out of that place of fear? How do I do it afraid? You just do it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. We just have to say, let's take the afraid part off and let's just say, I'm just going to do it. There you go. And just do something that lets the Lord know that you believe him. For us, it was booking plane tickets. For you, it might be just calling somebody and being willing to let it come out of your mouth what it is that you're going to do. And yeah. asking somebody, keep me accountable that I'm going to do this. Check in every month or every week and make sure that I did start writing this book yeah, yeah. that the Lord told me to write. Mm -hmm. You know, So I just say, take a, take a step and don't do it afraid. Just do it. Hey, I love it. I love that. I love that. This has been so rich. It has been very rich. I love even the last quarter of the twos that you gave to individuals. But taking that uh, afraid off and just doing it, mm -hmm. because that's really the key, being able to step out. Uh, one of the things that I love about really activating faith is that real faith has action. 
I tell people all the time that when you're speaking about faith, faith really does have legs because faith moves. Faith is an action word. It's not that type of word that just lies dormant. When you say you have real faith, authentic faith, you're going to move. And I love the fact how you declare that Holy Spirit will begin to advocate for you because literally that's what scripture says. He is an advocate. And so he will advocate on your behalf for you because he see your faith in motion. And a lot of times uh, for everyone out there, people want to see or God rather wants to see our faith in motion. He wants to see that 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 faith that says, you know what, I'm going to step out here and I'm going to do it. I was just teaching something as we're wrapping this up, Shondell. I was just teaching something on the concepts of uh, the mustard seed, right? And so many people look at that mustard seed and they say, well, I have faith the size of a mustard seed. I have faith the size of a mustard seed. And the scriptures say that I can move a mountain with the faith the size of a mustard seed. And so I had to study that thing out. And you know what I found when I studied that out? That it was never about the mustard seed that Jesus was trying to get us to understand. It was the fact that the mustard seed grows right the depth that the mustard seed can grow is 10 to 20 feet or more so Jesus was basically trying to get us to understand that it's not the smallness of the seed it's what's inside the seed that's going to help you to produce and grow he's looking for a faith that is willing to grow and I said you know what all this time we've been trying to stand in faith the size of a mustard seed when we're just holding the seed and we're not expecting Mm. our faith to grow and God is like but I'm looking for that faith that grows and able to speak to the mountain because as your faith grows your faith grows when you follow the instruction that's how your faith grow because you said it faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of the Lord what is the word of the Lord to you out there what has God spoken to you he has given you instruction and as you step out on the instruction your faith will begin to grow because you're hearing the word of the Lord and then you can speak to those mountains Mm -hmm. and you can tell them mountains you gotta move out my way because my faith declares it to be so and so as we're wrapping this up Shondell any last words that you would like to say to those out there I would just say in response to what you just laid out in order for a seed to grow it has to be planted. Mm. And so that is the foundational key of faith is that we are willing to be planted. And when we're planted, that's what gives us the ability to grow. Yes. And so just um, allow God to to water you, to shine his sun on you, yes. and, and to let you sprout but then remember, too, with growth comes pruning as well. Yes. So you got to allow him to prune in the appropriate seasons because that's all a part of the faith walk as well. Because sometimes when we start to see him do it, we think, oh, well, it's going to be smooth sailing from now because it started, it's on and popping. But then you hit a little a little stage where you're like, well, wait a minute, I, 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 I wasn't expecting this. Mm-hmm. And so just remember that in the growth, 
There are also going to be pruning times, but you let them do it and then you will see the exponential growth that will even come yet after that. So I'm just excited that I was able to be here with you today. It has been awesome and I just thank you for the opportunity because it has strengthened my faith even to just walk down and remember what God has done in our lives and to remind me that I can't doubt him for the things that still are yet ahead. That's good. That's good. And so everyone, we are going to have Shondell back because we're going to talk about that pruning that comes with faith. Ooh, trust me. Ouch, ouch, ouch. <laughs> and so thank you all so much for joining us for Straight Talk with Dr. Charmaine Pratt. 